Hello, this is episode 225, recorded on Wednesday the 21st of November 2018 at 30 minutes past 5 and 30 seconds in the evening. Yeah, another show. I'll explain why at the end. But, yeah, let's do this. <laughs> I've just got in the door, actually, and I thought it would be quite nice to do a show and then have a break before editing by having my dinner. Because after dinner, well, <laughs> you just want to doze off. Given the fact that I'm so into horror, you would have thought that, and I thought also that maybe recording this at... 12 midnight is much more appropriate and also if you can hear the traffic outside that's another reason to record really late because there's hardly any traffic apart from the odd moped one other thing i noticed you know i just heard a car horn so sorry about that i have got the mic positioned in such a way that it will minimize all these noises but you never know. I'm sure that came through because I heard it on the headphones. Uh, yeah, before we start the show, I just wanted to mention something. These weird episode titles, if you're wondering what's going on, well, they're whatever tickles the captain's fancy, and no oh dear, I should have said that in a different way, perhaps phrased it better. <laughs> they are based on just about anything but usually some tangential reference to the content of a particular episode. I'm saying this perhaps needlessly because I noticed some unusual statistics in good old YouTube analysis. Analytics? Yeah, that's what it's called. Yeah, some unusual listener activity, which was kicked up presumably by some listeners expecting quite different content in a past episode. And I'm pretty sure I know what episode that is. The point is, don't take them too seriously. Also, if you've listened to past shows, you'll know I have a great affection for schlocky old-school science fiction, fantasy and horror that production companies like particularly Amicus and Hammer, Amicus more than Hammer actually, specialised in pumping out. I've talked about those two production houses before. And this week's title is a case in point and refers obviously to the Sabrina fiasco. I am sorry, I am not actually a witch. Though in Dungeons and Dragons I'm a wizard, and I'm a wizard you really would not want to cross, mainly because I'd probably trip over my own pointy shoes and accidentally fireball you. Ah, and on that note of chilling horror, oh, what a terrible segue, we'll start the show and talk about the chilling adventures of Sabrina. The new show has been as we previously mentioned, somewhat marred by the ensuing legal wrangle stemming from the faintly hilarious Satanist controversy when the Satanic Temple 
I'm, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't do that. Sued the production for copying their goatee devilish statue. Hell's just not getting the respect it deserves these days. The show's an update of the comfortable, cosy, supernatural sitcom for kids. I was a bit too old to get into the original series. I do remember it playing sometimes when I was at home. But yeah, I think I was a little too old to appreciate it fully. The name of the old show, by the way, isn't the same as this. It was called Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And yeah, I did enjoy the odd episode. The main character, Sabrina Spellman, who originated even earlier as a character in Archie Comics, is a teen who, as well as dealing with the usual teenage problems is also caught between the mortal world of humans and that of the witches. Can I just apologise right there? I think you may have heard a clunking noise. That was my big nerd glasses banging against the pop filter of the mic. Sorry about that. I'll lean back a bit. So, where were we? Oh yeah, I'd class this as horror light. The cast has some famous UK faces, including Richard Coyle as a satanic high priest. Very, very reminiscent in look and style of both Lucius Malfoy and Louis Cipher from that old Mickey Rourke film. Oh, what was the name of that film now? Oh, yeah. Angel Heart from 1987. <laughs> yeah, I just did have to Google that. And there's also Doctor Who's Missy actress, Michelle Gomez, as a villainess. It doesn't have the original show's campy charm, cheap, cheerful production, or the sparkling presence of the charismatic Melissa Joan Hart, but it's decent enough. Before seeing the first episode, I was ready to write it off as yet another pointless reboot, but I was surprised how much I liked it. Although, I'm not sure I'm going to follow this for more than the first episode. Finally, the house that Sabrina lives in is exactly the type of house I'd like. It's spooky, dark, and at the edge of the woods. <sighs> right. Await further instructions. This is a film that I watched recently. I don't think it had that wide a distribution. If you don't get on with your in-laws, this film may not be for you. Because in this film, in-laws suck, especially when they're these awful people. Imagine being stuck like the Doctor is with those terrible tourists on that space tour bus in Doctor Who Midnight with David Tennant from 2008, if you remember that episode. Then ramp it up to 10 when the sun brings British-Asian medical student girlfriend home for the Christmas holidays. 
And then things get even worse when they find themselves trapped inside the house by some sinister, glistening black coating. A mysterious TV broadcast starts giving them instructions, turning them against each other, with deadly consequences. It's okay, but no more so than the average Doctor Who cranked up a bit for violence, so that it appeals to a more grown-up audience. This 2018 sci-fi horror is okay, but... I almost didn't talk about this at all in the show, and I have watched it quite a while ago, mainly because I'd forgotten all about it, which should tell you something. And finally, for the main part of the show, I just had something additional to say about the TV show Manifest, the mystery sci-fi TV show Manifest. I think I unfairly dismissed this show about some airline passengers who go missing for five years because I'm starting to warm to it. I did catch another episode the other day and the fictional biological connection between the passengers sounds like something reminiscent of 70s New Way social science fiction. And it did get me thinking, for a brief moment at least, wouldn't it be good if we were all connected that way? And then I thought about Facebook. But Facebook organically connected to all the other Facebook users. Imagine that. No, no, no. (laughs) Seriously, though, while I'm not following the series anymore, that old... 1970s lost idealism, even if it never quite worked out, thanks a lot Facebook, still appeals to me. So that shows you I'm not as cynical as you thought I was. And that's it for the main part of the show. We're into vanilla territory and chill out stuff, sort of, because I have a film that I want to talk about, The Equalizer 2, which isn't really... (laughs) The thing you want to talk about in the chill-out section of a show. But let's talk about that for a moment. It opens on a train with Robert McCall rescuing a kid from evil Turkish criminal dad, who he then returns to a nice, white-bred American mother. No, really. I suppose they thought, hell, we've done Russians, now who? Back in the US, McCall resumes his life as a Lyft driver. I suppose they couldn't do Uber. Fixing the lives of his passengers. I suppose that's a fairly original premise. But he fixes their lives by maiming and killing lots of people. It's as if the late Michael Deathwish winner rebooted the lower-key original Edward Woodward TV series as a violent revenge exploitation flick, while not really understanding the rules of exploitation cinema, where you're supposed to vicariously enjoy the nastiness, but also know that the thing you are consuming is an escapist fantasy. Instead, this is passed off as serious topical fare. 
What I mean in less complicated words is that it's nasty, but not in a good way. But at least there's some wicked karmic payback when the men in McCall's old command, the young men McCall nurtured and trained, turn out to be very bad men indeed. So nice job of leadership there, McCall. You're a great father figure. Ultimately, McCall is a failure. Except, unbelievably, the movie is oblivious to its own conclusion and somehow ends up painting McCall as the justified good guy, not an incompetent, naive oaf. I suppose they quite literally flipped the script to continue, no doubt, into the next annoying sequel. Now, I don't know if it's the script's fault, because that's only one part of a movie, and I'd like to think that the writer maybe threw their hands up in horror at what had happened, but who knows. I should point out that I like films like Law Abiding Citizen, which is even more violent revenge exploitation flick, but knows that it is. As in the Michael Douglas Falling Down film, Gerard Butler's character very quickly goes from being the victim to the psycho. McCall, on the other hand, is blissfully unaware and supported by an equally blind movie, and he just wades on right up to his eyeballs in the chaos that he himself hath wrought. Yeah, sorry about the hath-wrought bit, but I'm not sure that I've used that before, and I've always wanted to use that phrase, a bit cliched, but indulge me, please. Wouldn't it have been a better film if, at some stage, McCall became aware that he was the engineer of his own downfall? In fact, The Equalizer 2 is even worse than the first film, The Equalizer, because that, at least had some creative death scenes, such as the kasplunk of the nail gun, which, by the way, may look good on film, but doesn't actually work. I know, because I had a look at a guy who demonstrated this myth and busted the myth on YouTube. Or the fut of the noose. I'm not sure I got that right. Vocal foley. Did that sound like frit? No, that doesn't sound like a noose at all. I'm pretty sure you don't hear what I mean. <laughs> yeah, so that was my unobjective opinion of The Equalizer 2. Ah, what a disappointment. Denzel, what are you doing? And you thought this was the chill-out section. Yeah, me too. But we had to go vanilla for a moment. The bad, fake, chemical vanilla, not prime Madagascan seed pods. Ah, where the hell is my drink? Oh, no, it's just water. What I need is a nice chilled lemonade. But we haven't got long to go, so I'll finish the rest of this podcast and then I'll put dinner in the oven. This next item is more to keep my fellow geeks informed more than anything else. 
We are not getting free YouTube movies in the UK. All the major UK news sites have plagiarised each other's articles in the last few days as they tried to scoop one another, as they always do, trying to cover far too much. Most did not bother to check their facts, which are that we're not getting those free movies in the UK. YouTube and presumably other US companies like Vudu don't stream the free stuff to us. We're either going to have to wait or get a VPN and then set it to spoof our location to the USA. So all those other idiotic UK mainstream sites that just ripped off each other's articles, you did a bad job as usual. And the final thing that I wanted to mention, this show has been screen heavy for a long time. We've been talking about a lot of movie and TV stuff because I have been watching a lot of movies and TV. But that's changing, so expect other media soon because this isn't just a movie or TV show, but it is an all-media show. I am caught up with everything I wanted to watch and then talk about on this show, so the stress of a never-ending stream of movies and TV has finally abated, thank God, because it's left me goggle-eyed, perhaps even literally, as my eyesight has got worse lately. And I'm having migraines too, so yeah. Talked about that before, I think, migraines. I've got an eye test scheduled soon, which probably means even more money down the tubes with new glasses. I'm at the age where I need three pairs, distance, laptop, and sun. And double puff. Because my signature Roy glasses, the big nerd specs that I wear that everyone recognises, aren't made anymore. I have tried wearing other less nerdy glasses, but they're part of me now, in much the same way as giant 70s moustaches should not be part of anyone, which is admittedly an odd comparison. When I have worn my other glasses in public and in front of people I know, it tends to freak them out, so I need to find another nice pair of big, chunky nerd glasses so everyone doesn't go all weird on me. And I think they suit me anyway. I hope they do. Ah, That's really it for now. It is definitely time to put my pie in the oven. Which isn't a metaphor, it really does mean a pie in the oven. Please get in touch. I would love to hear from my listeners. You can find me on the web at troymartha.com, R-O-Y-M-A-T-H-U-R.com. You can email me at roy.martha at gmail.com. I am at troymartha on Twitter. Please review the show in iTunes. And tell someone about the show if you like it. This was episode 225, recorded on Wednesday the 21st of November 2018. And the time at the end of the show is 
39 minutes past 5 and 39 seconds in the evening. And now I've got dinner and I've got editing to do after that. So bye bye for now. Bye.